uh, so I just go back to my uh, to my slogan that easy is hard and hard is nearly impossible. Where if you're going at it with a small group of people, uh, you know you want to have something competitive. But if you uh, over design and overreach on features. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey, and I am your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several companies to seven and eight figure uh, businesses, as well as uh, founded Miller IP Law, where we help uh, startups and small businesses with their uh, patents and trademarks. And uh, today I've got another uh, great guest on that's going to tell a little bit more about uh, his journey, Jason Bloomstein. And uh, just to give you the real quick intro, so he is uh, the founder of ThunderTech.io, and uh, he's uh, had software that's been a big part of his uh, business, and uh, he's done a few uh, work for a few products that have been on AWS and cloud, or Google Cloud, and with disaster recovery solutions, and background is enterprise storage and Silicon Valley and all sorts of good stuff. So he'll make he'll uh, tell a lot more about his journey. Uh, but that's the quick intro. So welcome onto the podcast. Thanks a lot, Devin. I'm glad to be here. So I jumped through a probably, you know, 15, 20, whatever amount of uh, a period of time, but about those 30 seconds. So maybe we'll uh, work to unpack that a bit more. So with that, maybe if you want to jump in and tell us a little bit about your, your journey and what led, to, led up to where you're at today. Sure. I'll start with uh, where I am now, and then we'll work backwards there from the, uh, the dawn of the Stone Age there. Okay. All right. I'm the CEO Hopefully of- not quite to the Stone Age, but right. at least closer to it. Sounds good. Uh, so I'm the CEO of Thunder Technologies. We're a very small company. I'm the founder. Uh, we provide a pure solution for the public cloud, and as you said, Amazon and Google. And it solves a disaster recovery automation problem for customers. We mainly target small and medium businesses because we're a very cost-effective solution. Who, if they run their workload in the public cloud, there's a non-zero small chance, but non-zero chance they make up wake up one morning and the data center that's hosting their applications has had some sort of issue, whether long-term or permanent, and they need some way to have their workload move to a different region, which is unaffected. And to date, there's a lot of solutions on the cloud, but they're usually pretty expensive or complicated, targeted towards the enterprise, the larger customers. Mm. Or customers have to write the solution themselves, which on their list of priorities is probably not very high. Or they can just cross their fingers and hope it won't happen. And I've been in the disaster recovery field for a long time that if you do nothing, you're going to need it. And if you do something about it, you won't need it. That's just the way karma works. Mm. Uh, So we have our solution published on the Amazon uh, AWS marketplace and the Google Cloud marketplace, the number one and number two cloud vendors. And essentially, it's just a simple solution you deploy it copies your workload between two regions from your primary to a backup one could be West coast to East coast or East coast to Canada or Europe to uh, Africa, anywhere you want to do. And if something bad happens, just one button you press and your workload continues. So that's where we are today. Thunder technologies. So far to maybe summarize that or bring it down to my level or, or, or everybody else's level. So basically so for a lot of people, the cloud is magic, right? Or, you know, don't know how it works, but it works. And, you you know, you have all of your pictures or if you're a business, you have all your files 
or you have all of your, you know, processes running in the background or you have a virtual machine or whatnot. And, you know, most of the time that works fine. But if you ever have the cloud go down, so wherever your uh, data that is being stored or wherever it's, you know, cloud, it's not, it's not really in a cloud, but it's in this offsite or st- uh, storage that provides it. And if you ever have that go down or ever have any issues, then it creates a problem of getting access. You know, one, either you lose all your data, which is the worst case scenario, but even getting access to it or be able to do it. If the cloud goes down, then you have that problem. So you guys basically provide what would be a backup to the cloud data so that if that ever in that eventuality, make sure that you continue to have access to that data or that information or those documents and continue work as normal. Is that about right? Absolutely. Said it better than I did. So the problem people face, though, is your chance is pretty remote. These data centers are well built, but, you know, there's earthquakes, hurricanes. There's even just software outages. One of the clouds actually had a pretty major major outage this week. There's a lot of things that can affect it. Um, but that um, the problem, of course, is if you purchase an expensive solution, it's like buying expensive insurance. Is it worth it? And if you do nothing, you run that risk you said. So our value add is... We do it very inexpensively so that you get the best of all worlds. It's like catastrophic insurance with an ultra low premium. That's the closest, I think, uh, metaphor that I could give. All right. No, I think, but it's good at coverage, right? So. Right. But as good as coverage. That's the big All right. Guys. So now that we've got kind of where you're at today, you know, as a, the name of the podcast may imply, we kind of go about the journey. So now let's take that kind of that one or two steps back, because I assume you didn't just graduate from college and you, and go right to the startup and been being there ever since. So what was that journey that kind of led up to where you're at today? Sure. The journey started uh, quite a while ago. I won't say uh, how long ago, but in Silicon Valley, uh, where I worked, you know, in the high tech and I ended up, um, at, in the enterprise storage space, um, which sounds kind of dull, but actually it was very interesting. There was a lot of innovation going on uh, when I was working through it. Um, the storage had really um, uh, had been a backwater. People were more interested in high performance and stuff, but it, a, a lot of technical, technological advances occurred and it was a lot of innovation was going on, but it was mainly targeted towards high-end enterprise customers with large data centers, your banks, your insurance companies, and such. So it was exciting, and we really got to write a lot of sophisticated, clever software that helped solve their problems. Uh, but in the back of my mind, I always wanted to you know, do my own thing um, and eventually be my own boss. Uh, the problem, of course, there were, there were two problems with it in the enterprise storage space, and one is startup costs would be gigantic because even though it sounds like a bunch of disk drives, these sophisticated storage devices back at the day and even currently are extremely expensive. And so to start up my own firm would have cost, I would have to get a lot of venture capital, uh, office space, a data center, cooling power, uh, tapped into uh, venture capitalists and their funding of which I'm not really, even though I'm based in Silicon Valley, just to dispel rumors, we don't, all walk around and bump into venture capitalists in the street, you know, just willing out to hand out money to anybody. I really wasn't. <laughs> if only you could just that find that, the right person that would just hand out the money like, or and right. let you follow your dreams with no, no strings attached. That would yeah. Be Unfortunately, it doesn't quite work that way. Uh, but the other issue also was, um, you know, I actually like working at these companies. They were innovative, you know, well-run. Uh, it was interesting work working with these big enterprises really had sophisticated and challenging um, uh, problems to solve. Um, and then here, but anywhere, it's not just Silicon Valley, just working with some of the just most brilliant, innovative people 
uh, in this field was was very uh, satisfying. So I also really had no interest in competing against my employer. I liked working there. It's just enterprise storage eventually matured like a lot of technologies and people moved on. So it was more that it ran its course. It was a really good run, uh, but you know there was no rank or anything oh, I can do it. I didn't really feel like, oh, I could do it better than these people. It just ran its course. Uh, but there was still the bug. But again, I, I didn't want to spend the time plugging into venture capital. It would have been a complete full-time 24-7. would have taken away from family time and any other interests I had. I needed some kind of uh, avenue to pursue where I would have essentially no or insignificant startup costs. I could just do it in my living room, but I could add value and address a market that's potentially large enough to run a business. Mm-hmm. And along came the cloud. Amazon and Google and Microsoft and Oracle and such, where that's the very definition of it is I just pull up my laptop uh, at night, uh, hook up to my Amazon cloud and play around with stuff. And it costs me a couple of bucks a night to do that. And once I incorporated a company, uh, both Amazon and Google actually provide startup credits uh, to uh, entrepreneurs.
uh, so I just go back to my uh, to my slogan that easy is hard and hard is nearly impossible. Where if you're going at it with a small group of people, uh, you know you want to have something competitive. But if you uh, over design and overreach on features, um, you just may simply not have the resources to get it done in a timely manner, and it's just risky. Versus in the big enterprise. Uh, you have big resources, and it makes sense. They choose their their uh, topics wisely. They work on complicated problems that need a lot of people and equipment that it can't be done by yourself, by the end user, and it makes sense. And you mentioned about uh, law also is I would never write up my own patent because uh, it's not that easy. And having gone through an intellectual property issue at one of my companies, if you don't have that locked down, you can lose your business. So on those kind of things, uh, you know, I would, those have to be complicated. They just are, and you need professional help. But if you're going at it with one or a few people, um, you got to size your product properly because if it's too complicated, you'll just get overwhelmed. One decision you make will, will explode into another 10 and another 10. Um, but just because it's simple, if you choose the solution properly, doesn't mean that it's not competitive. Like I said, is there's just no niche for enterprise level disaster recovery in the cloud for the small and medium business. There's either do it yourself, which no one has time, or there's the full bells and whistles for the enterprise who needs all these features. And I'm perfectly good with that. I don't want to compete with that. So we found our niche and I enjoyed, like you said, just putting together that stuff. I've had my share of very complicated stuff. It was very fulfilling. It's always great to work on that, but again, I didn't need to do that again. Something more simple that I decided myself and that I decide to kill off stuff I don't like uh, at this point in my career is is as or more fulfilling than the, the really complicated stuff at the enterprise level that I've, I've kind of been there and done that, but still interested. I mean, uh, so, uh, but just size it properly. And, and if it seems too simple, it, you know, as long as it has a, something that might resonate with people, it's, it's just not too simple. It's okay. Yep. Hey, some of the simplest things are the best. So yep. I think that you, you don't need to, if it doesn't warrant complication and doesn't need it, then uh, I usually say find the simplest way to do it. And uh, that will oftentimes be easier to use and work better with the, the with that, with all the clients. So, so, okay. So. As we wrap up, if people want to use your product, find your product, get involved, figure out how to DIY, pick your brain, invest in your company, or any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out and get in contact with you? Sure. So our URL is thundertech.io, uh, and um, you can write to me at CEO at thundertech.io. I decided to use that uh, email. <laughs> I like the email. Um, and so that also just has links. If you go on to AW, if you're an AWS user or GCP user, uh, if you go on their marketplaces, again, it's sometimes difficult to sort uh, based on price. So our product is called Thunder for EC2 on Amazon and Thunder for GCP on the GCP marketplace. Both have a free trial that you can try it out yourself uh, without uh, paying us anything. And then like all cloud solutions, um, it's just, uh, monthly, you use it as long as you think you need it. And if you find you don't uh, meet your needs, you just stop, you cancel and you stop paying. But it's by far the most cost-effective solution for disaster recovery on both clouds at just $20 per month. We charge less per year than our nearest competitor charges per month. And so for the small and medium business in particular, we hope that's appealing. 
Well, awesome. Well, I definitely uh, encourage everybody to check out if you're using cloud services and you wanted to make sure to avoid a, a major catastrophe. This is an easy and uh, and uh, uh, cheaper way to do it and, and, and effective as well. And uh, certainly uh, encourage everybody to, to find out more and to use your product. And thank you for coming on. It's been a pleasure and uh, fun to talk with your journey and wish you the, the best, best next leg of your journey. Um, for those of you that are uh, have another your own journey to tell and would like to come on the podcast, feel free to reach out at uh, inventivejourneyguest.com and you can apply there. Um, if you're a listener and you make sure to subscribe so you can catch this episode and all the new episodes as they air. And uh, if you ever need any help with patents and trademarks, feel free to reach out to us at uh, Miller IP Line. We're always here to help. Thanks again, Jason, for coming on. It was fun to have you on and uh, good luck with the next uh, leg of your journey. Thanks a lot, Devin. I really enjoyed it.